Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Football is saved and the class of 92 are finally getting the managerial chances they deserve. Welcome along to a new episode of the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday the 13th of October. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Addie Brassel. And I'm Luke Moore. Ah, what a lovely story to start the day off, eh, Luke? Yeah, I wanted to just leave a little bit of a gap there because I felt like we were going head first into it. I know. Really fast. I thought, you know what, we should relax a little bit, which is unlike me. Yeah. Unlike me, really. You seem actually quite chilled. I wondered if you'd, um, what, what have you been doing with yourself? I've turned 40. That's yes. what it is, I think. I just think every, every, every time I wake up in the morning now and I start thinking about the stuff I've got to do today, <gasps> I just think, oh, I'm 40, doesn't matter. Made it this far. What, life is done? Yeah. No, it's not done. There's, there's no <laughs> point worrying it, about it anymore. Completed it, mate. Yeah, there's no point worrying about it anymore. Wow. Listen, what, next year, you'll find out next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's pleased with himself, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He's made a funny. Yeah. As ever with my jokes, did, did they make me laugh? In which case, they're fine. Uh, yeah. To be honest, that's absolutely fine. Mm. And yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, do, do. I get, uh, do you get big presents on big birthdays at the Rumble, generally? No, not really. Oh, right. No, no, no. We're kind of birthday agnostic, I think. Right. Yeah, never mind. Fair enough. <laughs> you know when Kevin Hatchard, um, Bundesliga commentator, yeah. had a had a birthday. I think it was birthday, or maybe it was Christmas. 
that other Bundesliga commentators clubbed together and got him a Darth Vader suitcase. I saw that, yeah. And that is decent. I saw that. That's great. It made me think I'm working at the wrong place. What, you know what, do you t- what are we Bit talking hard. in terms of... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's for the company, isn't it? It's all about the company. I mean, it's, it's a little bit rich given that I've sat in the room it's with two... the company buying you presents. <laughs> it's a bit richer. I've sat in, the, in a room with two people who more than anyone else in this Ramble project do whatever they want, whenever they want. So I'm not sure that's going to wash Brassel. Thank you very much. When anyway, you, I want to when hear you tiny bit... whatever they want, you mean buy yourself the gift and expense it? Yeah. That's actually a great shot. I yeah. just want to yeah. hear a tiny bit more about this Darth Vader suitcase. Is it shaped like a... Or it's just got a picture of Darth Vader on it? No, it's, it's, it's shaped like the, the helmet. It's, it's a wheelie like a one. wheelie suitcase. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's wheelie good. Oh, my goodness me. I'm going to move swiftly on from that. Yeah. Luke. Yeah. Because we've got plenty to discuss. It's a tasty old ramble today, I feel like. So, um, strap in. Uh, right, we're going to start with talking about Project Big Picture. So, the guys yesterday, I suppose it was the start of the rumblings, really, of, of this big story. Um, and they talked about it a bit at the end. But we want to... Get the two two of the finest minds in football broadcasting. Look, don't bash the table. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> ironic. Because I was thinking, when are they getting it? <laughs> Maybe they're under this table. Maybe they're that good. They should be. They it. should be. They should get it for their call time if they're that good. <laughs> so yeah, we want we want to get those lads onto uh, onto the subject, um, which is just a recap briefly. Is the story that uh, Manchester United and Liverpool owners have tried. To have launched an idea, basically, I put a proposal together to say that they are going to rescue football as it stands. Um, specifically, the headline proposals are this two hundred and fifty million pounds of funding going through to the rest of the football league, and this idea that the rest of the league will share twenty five percent of things like broadcast revenue. Of course, as with any good thing, and there are a lot of good things, as they said, the guy said yesterday, there's always got to be a downside. There's no such thing as a free lunch, is there? And the main downside seems to be this idea of the the six being in charge. The six, the big six getting disproportionately large votes. For me, I'm confused as to why this would be able to be passed. I don't know if this is the same as the three of us coming up with a proposal to save football. Um, clearly it's not. <laughs> but the point being that they don't, they need to get 14 uh, of the clubs in the Premier League now to vote for this, for it to go through because of how the voting rights currently sit. Yeah. And it does seem to me to be, well, the Football League would benefit from what we can tell, uh, hopefully. Um, well, I, it would be a bit like Turkey's voting for Christmas at this point. Yeah, but I, I think there are, there's one major thing about this and it's, it's not just about the fact that it's, it's, it's not going to get passed because when we're talking about t- Turkey's vote for Christmas, we're really talking about the rest of the Premier League clubs, aren't we? Yeah, because, sorry, exactly. You know, that, the 14, if you like. Mm. Yeah. But if it were to come to the EFL clubs, the big problem the EFL clubs have got at the moment, of course, they're the ones that are in this difficult position and therefore we assume might at least consider this sort of deal because it's clear that there is at least half an appetite out there for, for, for some clubs to, to take this on and not really think about the the long-term consequences. Everyone think, we've heard from so far, I think, like the Leighton Orient chairman, they seem to have been like pretty wild pro, right? Because, you know, well, give us some money and who really cares about the the, lot at the top of the Premier because, League? Because the lower league, the lower league teams... Is, uh, struggling Premier, so much. The Premier that's, League's not really relevant to them. Exactly. But, but that's, that's how the, the EFL clubs work a lot of them anyway isn't it it's constantly well they can't agree on anything can they uh, well well, it's (laughs) between them but i think there are two sides to this firstly the way that efl clubs are run or a lot of efl clubs are run which is on the brink of insanity anyway and this predates covid so it's a constant 
kicking of the can down the road. And this is just no different to that. So why would a lot of them be appalled by it? But I think what it comes down to as well, and I'm, I'm not actually just saying this because of Rick Parry's rather unusual role in this. Mm. The, the EFL is is a weak institution and it's been a weak institution for a long time. And when you talked about um, the, the, the EFL club's not being able to agree on anything. I think when it comes back to the ending of, of last season, particularly in, in, well, obviously in League One and League Two, despite the fact that it was okay for the playoffs to go ahead. And, you know, there, there are a lot of clubs that are sore about that, particularly Tranmere, for example, who got relegated and it cost them quite a lot of money, mm. is, is the fact that the EFL has no power to impose anything on anyone. And also, they don't really have the ability to bring clubs together to properly discuss stuff as well. And I think you've got to add the extra angle, just going back to what we were talking about before, any sort of rescue package for EFL clubs, the thing that you've got to be worried about, not just where does the money come from, how is it distributed? Do we trust the majority of them not to completely waste it? Mm. Because on on the evidence of recent years... God. You know, it has to be filtered through in a very specific way. It's a lot to think about. There's no doubt so, about so, that. Sorry, Carl. I was going to say. So yeah, I think I think that's that's a sec- so that 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 consideration is important. But at really this important. point, it's a secondary consideration, right? Because you you have to agree the deal and the package before you start talking about because it's a different prospect to say. And now we want assurances about how you're going to spend this money. Yeah, it's, that that's a secondary consideration at this point, in my view. Are you saying that it's? Be- are you saying that because so many league clubs are badly rotten is that the point you're trying yeah, to make yeah, which, so which, give them the money and, and who, yeah. who cares yeah because yeah. I was looking into um, there needs, it needs to be I don't know really if this is the right phrase it needs to be a care package and a relationship rather than I think the, the main problem with this I think is it's not just about the top clubs doing what they want it's about is there going to be a lack of engagement going forward well, after Andy, they've given the, the money the, over. The, the irony also being, not don't forget, that the fact that EPPP was implemented meant that we that the yes. Premier League took away the Football League, a, a big way a Football League club could make any money in the first place. Absolutely. So that's got to be... So what, what, what we're getting at is, I think it's a very complicated issue, and I think for the benefit of people actually listening, it's not going to be great to just get into the weeds of all the admin but but i think i think i think the the, impo- the important thing to remember for me is you've got to get this absolutely right we said before this project before this project big picture leak term yesterday or the day before we've been saying for it weeks Sunday, yeah. sure we've been saying for weeks now that there's a storm coming in football and just because the news cycle means that people get very very quickly fatigued of big stories hmm. it doesn't mean the stories themselves go away so the football league has been in real trouble for a long time as andy rightly says predating covid and covid has made it a lot worse and the Leighton orient chairman came out today i think it was the chairman hmm. a certainly spokesperson said five or six weeks away from a good amount of football yeah. league clubs but going to the wall right and 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 let's not forget that these clubs were going to the wall anyway so, so something's got to be done. Something has to happen. There needs to be some kind of rescue package, and there has had to have been that for quite a long time. The, the issue is that, I mean, from the Premier League's point of view, you can rescue a drowning man without threatening to take away his house. You know what I mean? You can take, just take your foot off his head, mate. Just help, <laughs> just help, just help him into the boat, right? Yeah. And then we'll discuss the rest of it later because at the same time, they've spent a billion pound on, on transfer, transfer fees for players, and, they're, and, they're, and, and the top, top of these clubs are awash with money. That 
it's it's rather unsavoury to to turn something that you paint on the side of it rescue package, but it turns out to be a massive power but grab. Is, is this a shock? Is this for, a shock? For, 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 it's not, no, no, and it's not a shock. Whether or That's not the it thing is, about yeah, it doesn't it. That's really the thing matter. about it, Andy. It's not a shock. And I think the best way of seeing this is the opening salvo in a negotiation that has to happen. Yeah. I've, I've, heard, I've heard ideas recently, uh, one I found particularly interesting, which was the idea that the government in some way loans um, the EFL clubs or the EFL, whatever it may be, the money they need with assurances and the Premier League pays the interest on the loans. Right? Yeah. So that, that to me feels like an interesting way of, of approaching it. But Andy's absolutely right. The clubs need to take responsibility for how they run themselves, but they aren't, aren't being able to run themselves at the moment because they can't have fans yeah. in. They can't yeah. sell academy players because that's been taken from them. Mm. And I'll just finish by saying before I rant on forever mm. and people turn off um, <laughs> <laughs> again, is that... Is that we also the Premier League also has to understand and acknowledge the vital role that the EFL plays in the football ecosystem. If you look through all the team sheets of Premier League clubs this weekend, it will be a wash with players who've come through the football league system, whether they've come through in a way like um, Jamie Vardy or Ollie Watkins or whoever, or whether they've been someone like Harry Kane who's come through in the Premier League and refined their skills in the football league. It's vital to how the country operates on a football basis, and the Premier League need to acknowledge that. So to me, it's an opening salvo. It needs to be compromised on. It needs to be refined in a big, big way. But it, regardless of what I think or what anyone in this room thinks or what anyone listening thinks, football is going to change as we know it in pretty short order if these things aren't sorted out. And I think we should at least acknowledge that that's the case. What's interesting about this time, of course, the COVID time, is that um, I was looking at some of the you know, the revenue. My, my subscription to Consultancy UK has been... You know, come, going, come home to roost. Come home finally. to roost. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for itself now, that. Um, but last, at the end of last year, they did a bit, of a, a bit of analysis about League One and League Two revenues and talked about how they're basically stagnating. They're not, they're not yeah. going up. And your average uh, League One club has a revenue of six million pounds and a League Two club has just four million pounds. Now, if you consider all the backwards and forwards about wages, that's, you know, that's not uh, that's not a net revenue. If we're going to get go down that route, it's just what they're managing to earn. Now, clearly, all of that has been pretty much scrapped over the last, whatever we are now, seven months. Yeah. And the points, I think, about this this proposal, which, of course, has been leaked, so we don't know where it would have gone, it it's being made to seem as though it was the only it's the only proposal possible it's the only proposal out there and i guess that's because people are reacting to it people are coming up with thoughts about it but as i understand it from from looking into it a bit it seems as though there have been other proposals that have been being worked on that have been blocked by this big six i think the government have been in negotiations with with stakeholders for a little while haven't they and and and, and I, I think you know without getting too, too tin fall hat about it and uh, that's I, a because because <laughs> kate was accusing andy of being a conspiracy <laughs> it, for something completely different and i think that was unfair andy. but, but uh, what i wanted to it say was unfair it was very, thanks for bringing it up it was very I unfair it. it was very unfair um what what i would say is that you know if you are the power holders in this situation so you are John Henry's apparently had a, had a passion for this kind of reform of the whole football system in the UK or in England for, for a well, while now. They've been discussing it supposedly for three years. Since 2017, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. But, but if, without being too conspiracy theory about it, if you know something's got to be done and you know there's a reasonable chance that, you know, the big feast at the top table might be over in some ways or at least change to how you know it, why wouldn't you leak this and get out ahead of it? Why wouldn't you take the initiative and put your first... your first kind of negotiating card on the table and say, this is how we see it yeah. working and, and, and that's setting how, the standards. That's how big European football works. Exactly. It? We're going to leak a proposal for the future of football that's totally unpalatable to everyone but the top clubs 
and we will get our concessions and we'll try from and there. force it through, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and essentially start from a position that's so high that even when we get reduced down by compromise, we're still in a pretty good position. It's a tactic, isn't it? It's like they say about when you're negotiating... You know, on a what? salary or whatever, you have to start with an absurdly oh. large number. Okay, you ain't got to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at me there. Um, let's not air our dirty laundry in public now. But, but, but honestly, go, going back to going back to the, the, the serious issue around football league, one thing you didn't mention, Claire, uh, Kate, which I almost called you Claire then. Jesus Christ! Oh, sorry, why did I almost call you Claire? I don't know who's Claire. Oh, my best friend's wife's called Claire. Okay. That's why. Oh my yeah. oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, what I was going to say was one thing you didn't mention is the fact that not only have they had every um, every kind of avenue of earning money taken from them yes the percentage that they take from match day revenue is much higher than it is in the Premier League of course and that's got to be taken into account as well so the government also has a role to plan this because as we've seen and we've talked about last week they're not um, doing what most people would perceive to be the best they can to get people back into stadiums safely in some capacity despite other areas of the society being prioritised so it's a massive mess and the, and the one thing I would like to end by saying is just that, that we should also understand that it's an unprecedented situation so we can't blame people for not being able we can blame them for acting in their own brazen self-interest but we can't blame people for not knowing how to deal with this and Kate last time you and I were on the show together we did say that you know collaboration is going to be the key here. Yeah. If everyone's going to rush to blame everyone else about what's going wrong, it's not going to get solved. People need to get around the table. They need to, to negotiate and they need to work for the good of the country and for the good of the sports because it's there's no real value. You, you can't have the price of everything and the value of nothing. If you end up with a scorched earth policy where it's just you and Man United playing each other <laughs> every week and there's no other teams, it's going to be a bit shit. So let's at least acknowledge that, even though they all go off to Europe and play against all the other big European teams. That, that, is, that is an idea, isn't it? Liverpool play Man United 38 times a season. Well, Man United are going to be already. shit, aren't they? So <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's happened already. It doesn't anyway. really matter. Glast Glastonbury doesn't even happen. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a future to look forward to. Oh my God, what is this dystopia that we are painting here but there will the be football like, ramble? There will be twists and turns, right? Yeah, of course. And exactly as you say, it's a negotiating point. I think, and it's pretty interesting to see how everyone's reacted to it. I mean, the, the longest serving uh, clubs idea that makes it be nine in total rather than the six, one of them, West Ham, has come out and said, oh, no, we're not really fussed about, about this. Yeah, Thanks because they'll be, at, they'll be at the devil's side rather than in his path for, for a bit. Oh, I've not heard that because, because you only need six people of the nine to vote anyway. So the, the other three that are going to be supplementary oh, members, just it's not, it's not going to matter, point. is it? Yeah, for so. sure. Exactly. Well, when this was originally floated, I was thinking... Okay, English football is going to be run by Preston and Sheffield FC. Yeah, lovely, <laughs> yeah. lovely stuff. Yeah. That's that's one for the traditionalists. As then we'll, bloody just, should we'll be. just get back to a knockout European Cup. I mean, one, one thing I would say <laughs> is that glorious. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily recommend that West Ham start pleading poverty and then bidding thirty million pound for side Ben Rama in the same week with add-ons. With add-ons, <laughs> okay. ah, <laughs> what a bloody segue! I think perhaps that's where we should get to. So yeah, it's all. I mean, it's it's interesting stuff. Hopefully, it's a symptom of something that's going to happen, as you say, Luke, rather than just people uh, posturing about the place. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think we can blame people factoring in their own brazen self-interest. But that's a that's a conversation well, for another. We've been doing that for a long time. Exactly anyway. for another day. We've yeah. had, and also, guys, thank you for all the emails you've been sending in on this. Uh, Shahid Nabi, Joshua Eaton, Alex Haler, as well. Lots more getting in touch. Uh, we really appreciate it. Show at footballramble.com and, and we will, you know, be talking about this plenty more in the future. So do keep uh, telling us your thoughts and and coming up. With, mm, do we want to hear your own project pic pictures? <laughs> Why not? Could it, could it be any worse? <laughs> Perhaps we should put them to the government. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Have you got a direct line, Kate? Oh, you know, <laughs> fingers in all the pies. 
So yeah, as you mentioned, Luke, West Ham possibly throwing money around because, as we know, the transfer window has slammed shut, but not the domestic transfer window that's open mm. until this Friday and the main the kind of most linked player I would say actually is is Bournemouth's Josh King mm. um, he's also been linked apart from with West Ham with Everton as well he says he wants to play for a club in the Champions League Andy now look he um, his pref- his preferred position is up front right and we know that he's had a bit of his, his goal scoring record has probably been hampered by the fact that he hasn't been able to play there quite often he's done the hard yards for Bournemouth let's say quite yes he's played there just 33 times between 2016 and 19 and found the net when he did 23 times. Did I say that right? 33 times, 23 times. Yeah. Pretty decent. He wants to play for a Champions League club. I mean, I think now that the only the domestic window is open, possibly even more difficult, though he was linked with places like Sevilla before the window closed. Yeah, Do you think that's an unreasonable <clears throat> ambition for him? Um, I think it's going to be hard. I don't think there's any Four doubt words about for that. you. Eric, Maxim, Chupo, Moting. Yeah! <laughs> the, the difference is... He's seen him, he's kicked the door down and Josh just wants to walk through it, Andy. Why won't you stop? Why won't you let him? <laughs> Chupo never had anyone asking 18 million quid for him. Okay. I, I think he's a, is a significant difference right. there because, of course, he's not just got a year left of contract. He is into the last year yes. of his contract with the fact that... The, the, the seasons are, are weirdly aligned at the moment and that means he's going to be able to sign for who he wants for next summer in what two and a half months so yeah, 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 yeah. Quick, you know, yeah. uh, unless the COVID the rules have changed with COVID are they not changed no the, the, we've, we've got a transfer window in January right so it's, and also I think that's that trans- the thing psychologically I think clubs are having a difficulty justifying paying a player who they're thinking will be able to get for three for free in two and a half months. Now, actually, if, if you wanted to take him in the Jan- January transfer window, that wouldn't be free, but you'd be able to get a commitment for From free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is quite yeah, difficult to si- sign off with so banks and shareholders and boards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. <clears throat> but I think you're right. He's, he's at a weird sort of position in his career at the moment, Josh King, Kate, because um, not only has he, I think, really taken one for the team at, at, at Bournemouth, but also the fact that things have completely differently aligned with his national team as well, in that he was a go-to guy for Norway. And all of a sudden, Alex Sorlot has built himself into this behemoth of a striker while he was in his year in, in, in Turkey and got a huge move off the back of it. Just the striker palace uh, need, eh? uh, Exactly. <laughs> and, and you've got Erling Haaland as well emerging. So they've got this large and large striker partnership and he's just you know sort of getting the crumbs off the table which is, is is a really difficult situation for him so I can understand a certain anxiety in him wanting to get somewhere where he feels he can make an impression the question is though Luke if there's an opportunity open for him to go to a Champions League club mm-hmm. is he sort of almost accepting a, a situation where he's going to be this not exactly 12th man, but definitely subordinate piece yeah. in any of these clubs, like he is for his country, because it, I feel it is a real crossroads in his career. Well, I think it's partly informed by the fact that he has been, there have been discussions with Champions League clubs for him. So Manchester United, Spurs, I know who aren't a Champions League club now. Do you think but... he's the best backup right. you can get, basically? <laughs> no, I don't think that, necessarily. Well, they, they do think that. He's, he's not, he's not going to go to Spurs and take the place. No, no, sorry. Oh, sorry. They yeah. think they think that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you wanted... Well, so I is he that. being forced to accept a certain role? Well, I think he needs to determine what his priorities are, because if he goes... Because problem... he's 28 now, right, exactly. as well, which mm. surprised but the pro- me. The problem is, yeah. if he, if he's, li- he's linked most... most um, 
heavily with West Ham at the time of recording. Now, West Ham clearly wants someone to fill in on the left, presumably, because they've been linked with Ben Rahm as well. They play four nows there, and they've played Felipe Anderson there, who's um, probably going to move on. He's gone. Point. He's gone to Porto. He's, he's on, loan, on, on loan. On loan. He, he right. could come back, but so so they want. So that's probably why they want to use Josh Keane because they think well he can he can do us a job on the left and he can also play up front. Um, at West Ham, the thing is, you never know, do you? Because they're not a Champions League club, but you also don't know if you're ever going to play because they have five million players, at one point, all of whom were probably quite good, but you never quite know whether they're going to be released on a free or disappear or never play again. And that's so, the thing with the Ben Rama thing, isn't it? Because you look at him and he's such an exciting player. Does, does anyone who's not a West Ham fan think, oh, I really hope he goes there. I feel he could fulfil his potential there. Is no. anyone else thinking uh, that? No, I don't. Or, think or is he another one of these hugely talented players who's just going to get lost in this formless munge that they've got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, look, Josh, Josh, you made it. You made a good point with Felipe Anderson. There's there's a hugely talented player, and when he signs for forty million, you think, bloody hell, West Ham's done well to get him. Had a very good f- first season, and then he kind of disappears, and they end up loaning him to Porto, which is basically them saying, right, well you've got two years left on, on your contract. We'll loan you to this club that can't afford to buy you simply because we think you'll get in the first team there. Put yourself in the shop window and we can at least get some money back for you next yes. year. Yeah, That's and, the situation that they're in. And it's a fairly similar principle to Sebastian Allaire who comes there with brilliant with brilliant reputation, is played in a completely different way for West Ham, yeah. isn't coached properly, and now no one really knows what he's, what he's capable of. And you're never getting that money back on him. Nah. Anyway, there you go. That's okay, West so Ham for you. it sounds like sorry, West Ham fans. Yeah, we're not hoping. Jack Wilsh has gone. Is that is that better? We're not hoping that Josh King goes there for the benefit well, of his I, career. I mean, he nearly went to United as well. Not let's not forget which he which is where he was when he was sixteen. He nearly went back. He knew Ole Gunnar Solskjaer from playing. In fact, they share the same agent um, from playing in the the youth. Well, like I said, that, that's partly informed his ambitions because he's been linked with Man exactly. United Spurs. So, he, so why not wait till January? Probably clear, on his part, rather than getting desperate and going to West. Sorry again, West Ham fans. West Ham fans, maybe just switch off now. <laughs> getting desperate and going to West Ham. That's what you were going to say. So there you go. I, I think that's an unfair representation of it because I'm sure they pay extremely well. So let's say new QPR. There we go. That's better. Mm. Everyone's happy now. I, I feel saved. <laughs> I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> right, yeah. As long as we can clarify, it's Kate Mason who said new QPR. Yeah. <laughs> and never mind, if worse comes to worst and you get really desperate, you can go to West Ham. <laughs> eh? Yeah. It's not big. I know West Ham is a big club, a good club in many ways. I just, for the reasons that we've just explained about the development of great players, please make sure you put that in the clip if you put it <laughs> online. All right, let's get myself out of that one. <laughs> Guys, it's time for a break. After this, we'll be hearing from you on the mascot saga of the month. And also, we'll be heading a little bit to Silver City and Peckham Town. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Join me, Melissa Reddy, and listen to my brand new podcast, Between the Lines. I'll be speaking to the biggest names in football about the captivating, behind-the-scenes stories fans want to hear. From major talking points to untold anecdotes, you'll hear from some of football's leading stars as well as those working in the shadows. In our first episode, I spoke to former Spurs manager Maurizio Pochettino about that Amazon documentary. We feel responsible because it was uh, very difficult to say yes to open the door to Amazon. Only we watch with Jesus the 25 minutes first because it was until we uh, left the club. And on our latest episode, I investigate how prevalent and damaging social media abuse is in football. And I was like taking all this negativity onto myself and I did. I kind of lost myself and my personality because I knew everything that was going on around it. And it's not until I actually got to a stage where I thought, I can't take this anymore. It is becoming too much for me that I spoke out about it. Craving football insight? Well, look no further. Listen to Between the Lines with me, Melissa Reddy, via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. This was a Stakhanov production. Hello, I am Sven Goran Eriksson, and you are listening to the Football Ramble. <laughs> yes, you are, friends. Hello, Sven. It's quite a melodic way he says his own name. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I like it. And also, the way he says that, I can't Hello. do it. I wouldn't ever try and do it. Hello, experts. So, yeah. what is the thinking behind that being played on a non-Marcus Speller day? Just get him, keep on his toes. Yeah. Keep him on his toes. If you turned up to work more, Marcus. <laughs> like you'd advertise yeah. you were going to do yesterday, in fact. But yeah. no, surprise. Uh, welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Uh, yeah, Sven's with us. 
He's just. He's not with us. So he's is just he? with us in the corner, <laughs> Marcus. Then what if is you're that, listening, what is that smell of brandy and guitar? <laughs> uh, cigar smoke, guitar smoke, <laughs> guitar smoke. Yeah, is that that good? All right, guys. Now it's time for this. That grade one violin didn't really help him with his pitching, did it? Jeez. The passion's amazing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, you, you look at Pete, it's a bit like, okay, technically that's not great singing. I can hear, Even I can hear that. But the passion just carries him through. Is it, there any truth in the fact yeah. that he painstakingly put that together and then he got to the end and he thought... Oh, fuck, I've left Andy out. <laughs> and he had to do it all again. I don't know. It, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. But what I like about it is he's paid someone to go and do the jingle. Yeah. And then he sung himself sung over the over top it. of it. Yeah. And, and the, the passion in the well done at the end is what makes it for me. Right. I think it'd be better without the other person because then you can just hear oh, exactly how that. off the pitch. Don't tell him that. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. No, <laughs> you no get drunk on power. No, no offence. Um, yes, yeah, so it is time for your emails and your tweets as well. Although lucky he didn't mention that in the jingle or still be listening to it yeah um <laughs> get in touch show at footballramble.com or tweet us yeah so um this email uh, it's actually a tweet you're right it's come from luke ray campbell which i thought was in the running order luke you read a tweet from ray campbell but he's actually called luke ray campbell apparently in your honor mate nice. he used yeah. to be called ray campbell but he got the uh the deed done he should have uh, set his sights much higher than that. <laughs> um, he says, wait, the mascot hearts got paid, obviously reference to, to yesterday's show. As a preteen, I dressed as Dundee United's wee mascot, Tiny Terror, for three years, a small lion cub to accompany our main mascot, Terry the Terror, brackets a larger lion. Aww. Tiny Terror and Terry the Terror. In between getting punched in the ill-fitting head by angry children, <laughs> resulting in a horror movie-style spinning but child-friendly lion head, I graced the pitch with legends of the game like Henrik Larsson, Ronaldinho, <laughs> Lionel Messi, Stan Petrov <laughs> and Peter Lovenkrantz. I think Peter Lovenkrantz done very well to get in that list. Um, although he was obviously a great player. I also joined the likes of the then Partick Parrot... Uh, pre-Kingsley days, mm. and Paisley Panda at Hampden for mascot races, but I never got to meet Pele the elephant. P.S. <laughs> P.S. Pa- Paisley Panda used to birth a smaller panda, Jesus presumably the person's oh own God. baby dressed in a panda onesie from a kit bag. This was, however, well before my time, but remains vivid in the minds of all who witnessed this horror show. How do you birth something from a kit bag? I mean, it's... Well, like, pour it out. It's taken a turn there. Push it. Yeah, it's taken oh a turn my. there. Mascot, the mascot quite world graphic, is, isn't it? Really the graphic. Do you think the kit bag was all like bloody? And so uh, the mascot world is quite sinister when you scratch a little bit beneath the surface. Like a load of red bibs, maybe. Yeah. Terry the Terror. Who's thought of that? <laughs> you know, I was once offered a job as a mascot, not a football mascot, but um, I was working for a, a temping agency before going to university, and um, I got rung up one like Thursday afternoon. Yeah. And the guy on the other end said, uh, "Yeah, you, d- you did English." At- at A-level, didn't you? You've probably got some sort of artistic bent. How do you fancy being Bertie the Bromley Badger? Yeah, did and you do that it? Was, that was to, like, when they were turning <laughs> the Christmas lights on in Bromley. Aww. And he said, well, like, basically, you have to get in this badger suit. You have a girl who's like a chaperone because, as he put it, there was a nasty incident last year with some <laughs> teenagers and some tomato ketchup. Oh, sickening. So, anyway, I agreed... <laughs> 
I'd mentally banked the money, yeah. so I went out and spent, spent a significant How much for amount. Well, not that much, obviously. No. <laughs> Somewhere on the this, sliding this, scale between Gunasaurus and this, this, this Hearts mascot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this was back in the 1960s, obviously. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, Sorry, Dundee United mascot. Yeah. Make that mistake again. And anyway, um, I got rung back like sort of four hours later after I spent a significant amount of money. He said, you know what? We found someone with previous Badger experience. Uh, Bas- badger, specifically? Been, not that, mascoting? Yeah, not even mascot, Badger. Wow. Maybe I guess there's something about the stride or like the... Because the, like, it's very unusual as a badger to be walking on your hind legs, which is, uh, I imagine, yeah. what you would have been doing. Yeah. So presumably that was one of the real well, difficulties of the job. Someone who's like used to walking in heels, for example. Oh, why? There would be... Well, if, if you're talking about not walking on your full foot... Oh, nice. But maybe, Andy, maybe would you also... Would is there a potential for you to be too tall for the costume as well? Because you're ah. quite tall. Oh, yeah, maybe. So it might have been like you would look like you were wearing a badger top but it'll be a crop top. And it'll be a human, <laughs> a human, a human belly beneath it, which is no. not going to be great for the kids, particularly if tomato ketchup's going to be involved. Uh, so, anyway, we think that Paisley Panda thing was terrifying. I want to hear from as many mascots as possible. <laughs> yeah, so I do as, as well. As Pete says, show at footballramble.com for that. Although after that groundswell of support for Gunnosaurus and his wages, I feel like the mascot community is slightly rising up and being like, "What the hell? How is he getting paid so much?" It's an important job, and I do respect it, but that is a massive salary for that. Hey. Who, you know, who are we to judge? Um, I think it was 80 grand a year. What? <laughs> I thought it was 40, but okay, we'll check that. Anyway, yeah. uh, yes, as Luke says, please do keep emailing and tweeting in. We love to hear from you, especially those cheeky little mascots. Yeah. Now, guys, at the match has obviously taken something of a hit from COVID, hasn't it, Andy? Um, but you managed to find a lovely bit of non-league action to take Luke to this weekend to mingle with the other rosy cheek like-minded enthusiasts. Yeah. And you were rewarded, as I understand it, with Peckham Town's best performance of the season. Yeah, that's right. They uh, trounced Stansfeld 5-0. Yeah. We, we thought uh, Stansfeld had come over from the low leagues of Germany, didn't we? Because yeah. it's not Stansfeld, it's Stansfeld. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they look like a German. Was it a misspell? No, originally. it's not. It's not I think, oh, it might be. It might be, actually. <laughs> might be a programme misspelling, yeah, do you think? Fun. But we went down to Peckham Town because that's the level of football you allow fans in at the moment. And with our 250-ish other hardy souls, um, watched the game and, and uh, had a look at what was going on. But you ought to hear that in, in the At The Match episode when it comes out on Football Ramble Presents probably in the next week or so. Yeah, um, so keep an eye on that. I'm, I'm still waiting for my cup of tea. That was oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, we want to get behind the it, scenes great. of this one. It was brilliant because we turned up and it's a non-league round and yeah. it's Peckham Town. Down, and I thought I'm going to go get a cup of tea. Fine, lovely. Andy made me ask the woman behind the counter for a green tea, and she looked at me like she didn't even understand the words I was asking. Uh, she didn't get it. She was like, "What?" And then what did she say? She said, "She said, oh, that flavoured stuff. I, I th- my son's got lots of that. I had a sip once, but never again." <laughs> And I was like, so is that a yes or a no? <laughs> and then it's around had to settle for a normal builders. Normal builders. Oh, but you, slumming it, mate. Mm. But you say, like, is it, how can you expect that at a non-league football ground? It's a non-league football ground. In, it's actually in Dulwich, isn't it? Yeah, it's I was not, just thinking that. It's like the Dulwich. True. I mean, you can it's get green tea at Dulwich. I can, yeah. I can tell you that for nothing. Yeah, I mean, in that case, just read the room. That's what yeah. I was saying. Well, well, you, it was down to you. Andy, Andy couldn't read the room because he had sent me to do the work, so he didn't know. Right. <laughs> so we actually have no verifiable information that this did in fact happen. Oh, it did happen. We got it on, we got it on tape. Oh, okay, phew. Because yeah. I thought Luke might have just gone off and nah, like, no, nah, 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 nah. I'm not getting this bloody 
No, I, I, was, I, was, I was there. I, I felt the, the thick end of the tea lady's wrath yeah. for, for even even asking for a green yeah. tea. Didn't oh. But anyway, keep it on Football Ramble Presents. Subscribe over there. Search Football Ramble Presents wherever you get your podcasts and you'll see that episode drop in as soon as we've got it ready. Oh, I can't wait to hear that one. Green tea issues aside. I hope you guys, <laughs> I hope you guys made up in the end. Oh, we you did. seem to be fine today. We're so, always you good. know, We're always good. that's fine. Uh, now, look, we mentioned earlier that those... Um, those class of 92 lads are finally getting the opportunities in management that they've been seeking out. And we start with an exciting new era at Salford FC, where Paul Scholes has just taken over, uh, replacing Graham Alexander, who, as far as I can tell, and as I saw the highlights of their game at the weekend, has had a pretty decent start to the season, unbeaten in five, fifth in the table. Uh, I think basically what happened. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this out there. Um, if you got conspiracy theories, <laughs> yeah, got it off you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, Paul, I, Gary Neville, Skulls, and Roy Keane went along to the game at the weekend, right? Mm. And Salford were two 0 up after 20 minutes. Yes, and then they drew to Tranmere. I think it was. Yeah. In the, they equalised in the 90 plus third minute. And effectively, what it feels like is that Neville Scholes and Keane did that like annoying fan thing of going along and then afterwards being like, bloody it, like, I can't believe we conceded in the last minute of the game. I could do a better job than this. But unfortunately, they're the owners. So they then just put themselves in charge. Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of things. Firstly, we've, we've, got, we've got to clarify that Paul Scholes hasn't been given the gig permanently. No. He's just and he tidy- has done it once before for a game. He's tidying them over yeah. while they find a new job. He doesn't Roy seem Keane. to. Yeah, well, let's hope so. There doesn't seem to be any appetite, either him or Patrice Ever, right? <laughs> there, there doesn't seem to be any appetite for him to take it long term, not least from him. Um, but apparently, uh, they didn't finish last season particularly well they in didn't. terms they of. They off badly. Yeah. And also, I think, that, that, I think there is a point there, though, that, that you make, Kate, about the fact that the class of 92 go and watch them at home. Now, they've quite struggled at home this season. And so I think you maybe have a quite different impression than the overall picture. Mm. But, you know, they've been quite brutal since they've taken over Salford. You know, obviously they've raised standards enormously. And they've got through quite a few coaches, haven't they? Mm. Quite a few head coaches, managers. And clearly that's that's worked for them so far. So even if Graham Alexander's been unlucky, maybe he's just a League Two Nigel Adkins. And, you know, the, the fact is Southampton don't regret that now, do they? No. We had a little look at some other owner-managers um, as well. Michael Knighton, owner of Carlisle, start of 1997, Division 2 season. Didn't go so well. He sacked Mervyn Day. He couldn't find anyone to take over. He became the manager himself. They were relegated. Uh, so that's very, <laughs> that's very much latter day yeah. Michael Knighton. Like, yeah. like people, people might not remember when he looked like he was taking over United. Manchester United, yeah. which was, would have been what eighty nine, and yeah. they, they beat Arsenal four one on the opening day after he did keepy uppies in front of the <laughs> Stratford end with the biggest smile that you've ever seen beneath that tash, and and then Neil Webb scored that amazing dipping volley for the for the third goal as they, they beat Arsenal with some style as well. And then it turned out he didn't have the money to buy the club. And go, yeah, I mean that. So yeah. he went and bought Carlisle instead. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That that um that that um talk of of Salford, you know, not not beating Tranmere and stuff. I mean Tranmere, I think, were depleted because a few of their players had tested positive for COVID, and so there was a game they're expected to win, and they. 
they tailed off really badly last season. Um, and, and as Andy's already said, that the owners have been completely ruthless. I'd like to have a note of on Graham Alexander's playing career, which was absolutely magnificent. He played almost a thousand games as a player. <laughs> yeah. he, he was an incredible player. Good um, penalty taker as well. He used to take penalties. Yeah, exactly. He, he spent a bit of time towards the end of his career. People might remember him playing that one Premier League season with Burnley in 2009-10 yeah. when he was, you know, um, I don't know how old he was exactly, but he was coming to the twilight of his career and he was still a fantastic, um, a fantastic um, kind of servant to them. The year before that, he played over 60 games in the championship um, and all the other competitions as well. So look, amazing, amazing player. Probably, maybe he's been treated a bit shabbily, um, but they've got big ambitions for that club. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they hire a slightly bigger name um, because clearly they've got the money as well. Well, it's not uh, going to be Nuno this time, is it? No, I wouldn't. Th- I mean, imagine if it was. <laughs> that'd be amazing. But um, and the, on the, probably going to Solskjaer's next job, maybe. One of the one of the <laughs> things, yeah, one of the things that that, that's, that continually dogs Paul Scholes is this fact that he spent a month or whatever it was at Oldham and it didn't. Thirty-one really days, yeah, yeah. But, but Oldham, I'm not saying that Paul Scholes will be a brilliant manager, or whatever. I mean, the point is we just don't really know. Um, I suspect that if he was going to be a good one, he would have started properly by now. But Oldham was a basket case of a club yeah. then. And yeah, you so can't the, pin that on him. Also, yeah. I think it's probably not acknowledged how much he loves Oldham Athletic. Absolutely. And, you know, that would have really pained him to walk away from that. Mm. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that's right. Yeah, That's why yeah. it was so surprising. Yeah, he said that was the whole thing where he said he hadn't got the control he'd been guaranteed, wasn't it? But, to, then... but to understand the Salford City thing, I think you, you do have to also get into a, a kind of non-league fan mindset. And non-league football clubs tend to be all about community and, and they you are much closer to the action. Some of the fans also tend to have not personal relationships with the players, but at least know them on nodding terms and feel like they're a part of the club. Yeah. And the way that Salford City have done things under their current ownership has been perceived to be the antithesis of that. It's been bombarding the league with money. It's been signing... When they famously signed a player from from the Scottish Premier League or something like that and, and, and given big money and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Really, cost cost like four grand a week or something. Yeah, didn't it? And, and, that, and that is very much not what non-league football in quotes is supposed to be about. Mm. Now, I understand it's more nuanced than that, but they've, they've yeah, gone... Non-league football is always about that. There will always yeah. be someone who comes along and, and does that. I but they've gone a lot of ill feeling is what I'm saying. And, 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 and actually, yeah. Wimbledon might well have been the same because they're quite... It's yeah. a different proposition, but they're a much bigger club, clearly for that level, but they've got to work their way through and they're yeah. going to put people's noses out of joint on the way up, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I remember when Wimbledon were in what the probably Ismian Premier and Hornchurch came into a ton of money. And this would have been in what, 2007? They offered, do you remember Giuliano Grazioli? I do. Who, who played for Barnet and very consistent for them. Mm. They offered him four grand a week yeah. to, to, to come and play for them. That's Brussels kind of money. I tell you what, um, <laughs> I tell you what non-league football is about. It's about Stoke Gabriel FC, guys, which I think let's check in on them, shall we, before yeah. we wrap up for the day. They currently are the least successful football team on these fair aisles. They've played and lost 10 games. Okay, you know, could happen, I guess. But they've also conceded... 122 goals in that time. A goal every seven and a bit minutes, that is. Uh, Chairman Gary Page has been speaking about it. There's a lovely little piece about these guys on the BBC website. He said, uh, from a club point of view, we wanted to play at the highest level and make sure we continue to play at the highest level. But the problem is they've basically run out of players. So they've just been playing their under 18 uh, guys and they've been trying to get a whole load more players in. But unfortunately, people don't seem to be up for it in South Devon. 
Yeah, he said the goalkeeper's been absolutely fantastic. The goalkeeper's <laughs> been their best player, which is a massive shout given their last game they lost 14 0. Um, so, and, and a week or so before that, they lost 18 1. Was that the one they'd had someone sent off in in the 14? Anyway, it might have been. They've but, been having a terrible time of it. So, if you are in the South Devon area and you're quite handy, yes. and you can and you can um, you can observe the uh, COVID protocols. Um, get yourself down to Stoke Gable. They need players. It's a bit. Listen, they don't want me. One because I'm too old and not as good. And two, because I'm too far away. But if you're in that area, go down and help them out. This I was going to defend you and say, because you're not a goalkeeper. Yeah, no, well, they, they don't they need, need a goalkeeper. They've no, got but he's, their best player. The point is, Kate, he's inevitably going to get poached. He's just had <laughs> an advert on the BBC website saying yeah. how great he is. Yeah. There's no way he's there next week. Oh, yeah. bloody hell. Yeah, that's a yeah. put a shout out. Ramble fans, get yourselves down there. I love it. The manager's, the manager's basically gone, agreed to do a story with the BBC about his team who are really bad and it's quite, <laughs> quite patronising. <laughs> and what he's done is he's spent the entire article talking about how good his goalkeeper is. He's now going to leave and it's going to make the team even worse. So first things first, they need a goalkeeper. So get yourself down there. <laughs> I thought Brussels was about to volunteer there. Or perhaps we could have a little ramble day trip, get Marcus. Marcus would probably do a job for him, I expect. I think, I think so. He's probably what I've will heard. not be going in goal. No, he wouldn't. He, no, wouldn't, he wouldn't do He's that. all about pace, is he? He used to yeah, be. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Yeah, used to be. I'm not sure if he still is, but he used to be. Come oh. on, we don't want to show people too far behind the curtain. That's true. He's yeah. all about pace. Hey, listen, Marcus will still be faster than me at my peak when he's about 60. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> that is serious. All right. Well, let's uh, very slowly get ourselves out of here. (laughs) And Luke, a few stretches after that uh, strenuous round of the ramble. Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening today. Tomorrow's show, it is Jules, Pete and Vish. I promise that's who's going to turn up. Uh, (laughs) Probably. Don't set like people just turn up randomly. (laughs) It is planned. (laughs) Oh, is it? All right. Uh, Say goodbye then, Luke. Thank you. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. I'll see you next time. Take care, guys. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.